Hello, folks. This is the Knickknack Podcast. I'm Knickknack. I'm a queer and trans autist with a variety of deep interests. This podcast is kind of audio blog where I share my views in pursuit of greater engagement and emotional relief. The emotional relief is probably the larger component of that. This is Season 15, Episode 38, and I'm calling it Art Me Gently with a Chainsaw. It's unscripted, and my good headset died. I tried to use my better microphone without a stand last time because I couldn't get my stand to work. It's a cluster right now. If you like my work, please, 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 please donate at nicknackpod.net. That's N-I-C-N-A-C-P-O-D.net. Going forward here, as ever, caution, there may be rough road ahead talking about harder aspects of divergent life so before ado is in any way furthered grab a breath and a beverage and let's see where we end up So I've been talking kind of about love and my thoughts and ideas on it. And I came up with, I'm sure it's not original, but I came up with this thing that I've been using in the dating app that I've been trying to use, this this queer dating app that I've been trying to use. And it's, uh, you know, I tried to eloquently phrase it as art me, but I don't know. It's so difficult. What I'm looking for, how isolated I am, how unable I am to just get by in the neurotypical world. Like, I I just can't do it to save my life. And I'm okay with that. I really, really, really am. Except that it leaves me in this place of... I'm awake in the middle of the night, and I have nobody to talk to, nothing to stimulate my brain. It's just kind of like the same thing over and over again. So, I don't know where I'm at. I, I, part of me desperately, desperately, desperately wants some sort of physicalness with the whole not-quite-male thing and really, really hoping to kind of end up in a place of non-gender, agender. It's very difficult because I can't, try as I might, I can't override testosterone, my natural testosterone. I can't do it. It's so, so difficult. So even though I I have my filters, and I have my algorithms, and I have all this. At the end of the day, I am a mind trapped in a very broken and increasingly breaking male body. And I hate that. I I loathe that. I can't articulate it any better than that. But even as I hate that and loathe that... 
my mind, like I was saying in, I think, the last episode, it, or maybe an episode or two before, is just assaulted by testosterone all day long. A ton of it. And I'm smart enough to know that, okay, you know, even even if I went the hormone replacement route, or even if I went the route of suppressing through chemical means bodily urges, that's not going to really get me where I want to be. I want to be in a place of body is secondary. Not body doesn't matter, but body is secondary. Body is a part of the equation, but it's not the whole equation. I can't, I'm, I'm having a hard time articulating it. So, what I really want, what I really hope for, what I really dream of is a kind of, just a, a place where you can be creative and and connect and bounce off another person's mind. You know, art me, mentally fuck me. Same thing. It's like, I. it's hard to articulate what exactly what I'm after. It's just like this, this thing of, I, I'm divergent. I don't think like most people do. And sometimes I'll run into a mind that's similar to my own and it creates a vortex of trauma and awfulness and it's not good but other times i've run into a mind that's similar to my own and it's pure magic and i want that pure magic and if body wants or gets to play a part of that at some point i don't think that would be entirely be a bad thing as long as it doesn't result in procreation but it's really a struggle because my mind is bored it's just uh, you know you get to a certain point where without external stimulation of some kind i mean you know i have youtube and i have podcasts of course but without external stimulation of some kind my thoughts get stale they repeat the podcasts get stale they repeat it's not good so i'm and trying to really try and get somewhere try and get past where I'm at, I need a sort of intellectual stimulation that by and large just does not exist in hellhole. It just, I, I mean, there's a little bit of it. There's some small pockets of it. And when I have the capacity, I'll take it for whatever it's worth. But more often than not, I find myself talking to people that are, you know, the chances of me being able to get to them physically be in the same place as them is near zero and you know maybe that's okay maybe it's okay that it's just a fantasy it's you know maybe it's it's not a thing of you know the laszlo bane song you've got your love online you think you're doing fine but you're just plugged into the wall maybe it's okay to be plugged into the wall i mean for fuck's sake it's a pandemic the pandemic it doesn't seem likely to end because we're morons and maybe that just requires living a different kind of life 
and I mean, certainly me being the kind of divergent person that I am, I, I have to live a different kind of life anyway. And that weirdly dovetails into my activism, philosophy, all that stuff. Not always in a helpful way. I, I think we've actually passed it. I think it was September 27, 2011 that Occupy Wall Street happened or started. And of course, I have my experience with Occupy Seattle and I tried. I, going back through old episodes that I've since taken down from the feed, I've tried to find selections of some of those episodes that I can edit and repurpose and use now to kind of say, oh, 10 years later, wow. It's really difficult because I've changed a lot as a person. I was an actual activist in 2011. I am a lazivist now. I am shut down by the pandemic. I am shut down by just being the divergent person that I am in a neurotypical world. It's hell. And so... What I'm really, really, really after is an escape, but also a, a beneficial escape. You know, it's like, okay, you know, it's one thing to, you know, whatever term you want to use, disassociate, engage in escapism, or fantasize. But it's another thing to do it productively to an end. And I think the end can just be pushing human thought, pushing the boundaries of what humans are capable of. Because we're so narrow and dogmatic in our thinking, no matter what school of thought we choose to engage in, be it theology, the humanities, science, academia kind of filters it all in the same way. It's all very, this is the way it is. Learn Plato, learn Aristotle, learn to think like they did. Don't think differently. Or, you know, in the political context, oh, this is the, the, the ideas that the founders of the U.S. Constitution had. They were right, never question them, always think like they did. Or even uh, socialism, like the whole Marx thing. Marx, Marx claiming his work is scientific. Bull fucking shit. I'm sorry. There's no science there. And, you know, I would argue the same for psychology. Psychology is a science. Bull fucking shit. It's philosophy. Get over yourself. Christ. So, I guess what I'm trying to say is... Human thought gets really egotistical really, really fast. And it's hard not to take your emotions with you when you engage in meaningful, stimulating conversation. And that can be a challenge of the kind of art that I want. But I think it's a challenge I need more than I need anything else else right now. I, I need the right kind of intellectual stimulation. And there's some promise in some in some some ways. I'm working on it. You know, I'm navigating the foothills of trying to figure this out. And it's really difficult because I'm good at talking, 
relatively speaking. You know, I don't talk in a linear fashion. I have to edit the hell out of these things, and even when I do, they still jump around from topic to topic because my internal world is an 8-track machine playing all 8 tracks at the same time, and I just, all I can do is, when I'm externalizing it, is move the playhead from track to track. And sometimes when you're moving the playhead from track to track, people go, what, 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 what are you talking about? What, you changed topics six times? Yeah, keep up. <laughs> it's just divergent life. It is what it is. But I, it's, I, I don't know. It's, it's my drug. It's this, this idea, this, I go back to this Paul McCartney song off of Flaming Pie. Not one of his better known albums, but a good album songs we were singing for a while we could talk smoke a pipe and discuss all the vast intricacies of life i think that's the, i think that's the lyric and that's really 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 what i want really 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 what i want more than anything else and i want it in in the real and that's really hard to get especially in this town in this environment, it's it's difficult. I'm gonna switch topics now and talk about the town. So there's a Robert Evans podcast episode about the campfire, the destruction of Paradise and other rich communities, and that particular fire, and the massive impact it had on Chico. It's a really good episode. Really, really good episode. I really like Robert's work. It's hard to listen to at times, as I'm sure mine is, in that it's dark, and he doesn't typically flare his episodes, which maybe I could learn from. Maybe it's better not to flare your episodes. I don't know. Because somehow he's got this connection with iHeartRadio and he's done the monetization thing, which mystifies me, but the thing that episode misses, that I think I did a better job of capturing, is what Chico was like before the ridge was destroyed. Before the campfire. Chico has always been a despicable hellhole. Always will be a despicable hellhole. You don't like that view? I'm sorry. That's just the way I see it. We've got Chico State. And you would think Chico State would give us an intellectual community of sorts. And it kind of does. I have a lot more respect for Chico State than I did when I originally wrote Hellhole California in 2010. But it's not enough. And this town, there's nothing here. There, there really is nothing here. And, you know, I, I was born here. I have emotional attachments to it, whether I want to or not. I still have dreams about the house I grew up in. Thought about walking by it when I was in that part of town the other day and then decided not to because why bother? But it's just this, this place where things go to die. And I know that's dark, I know that's horrible, but it's, it is the way it is. And it's always been this thing of 
this is a place where, you know, people might come to Chico State. I was born and raised here, so I don't exactly know why people might decide to go to Chico State, either in the past or now, but my best guess, 70s sort of thing, was Chico State was a party school, so people go to Chico State to party, and then they burn out, and then they become useless neurotypicals afterwards and do the whole Pleasant Valley Sunday bullshit and think they're great and think they're liberal or whatever. So that, you know, that was the dynamic for a long time. Kind of the boomer aging hippies sort of thing. People that came here from I don't know, maybe 1965 to 85, at a guess. That was kind of the dynamic for a while. And God help me, I was raised by that. You know, I was raised, I think, we, you know, we kind of started out lower middle class and got very much up to, at a certain point, bourgeoisie. My dad built a house, and suddenly we're upper middle class, suddenly we're important people, whatever. And it's this horrible, classist, ableist environment to grow up in. And I've worked really, really hard over the years. And you can hear it if you listen to my old episodes. I've worked really, really hard over the years to try and be better than my upbringing. Be much, much better than my upbringing. But simultaneously, the way my life went, and I think I'm pretty much viewed, viewed as the black sheep of the family and a shame and disappointment because of it. But the way my life went, I looked at, you know, tried, tried to do the neurotypical thing, what you're supposed to do. Figure out how to bullshit the high school system so you get good grades and take easy classes and buff the numbers. Figure out how to bullshit the college system so you get good grades, take easy classes and buff the numbers. And then, you know, within that, find an, find an interest and a passion and something you're good at. And honestly, I think I'm good. I am good at some game design stuff system design, balancing, gameplay mechanics, ratios, that sort of thing. The, this old uh, game concept, high, high concept document I, ha I have, still, the one that I was working on so hard in high school was, you know, just this whip off of Law & Order, basically, and it was really, at the time, I was watching Law & Order, so it was very pro, you know, conservative, liberal, pro- criminal justice system. Now, if I were doing it, if I had the connections, you know, having, having a game design is a bit like having a script. It's like it's absolutely useless unless you have people that are willing and able and excited to produce it, or at least money to buy off people that have the talent to produce it. But you know, nowadays, I'd I, I, th I think 
you know, it was kind of an inter it was a mix of simulation and interactive fiction. Like the idea was, okay, you know, you investigate a murder in San Francisco because why not San Francisco? I like the San Francisco setting. And you interview people, and depending on what you what questions you ask them, depending on you know what their needs might be, various other variables, you're going to get different responses, and that's going to determine how your investigation of the case goes. And I wanted to design it so that it's possible that depending on how you proceed with the investigation, that you never, there's never, there's no right answer. You know, anyone could, any one of the suspects you meet in the, in the flow of the story could be the guilty party, but you'll never know. And that was kind of the artistic, the ar artistic point I was driving for. In addition to the the funness of the criminal justice system and all oh, the police did this search illegally so therefore you can't use it that sort of law and order stuff the that's the part of it a law and order i like even to this day the you know briscoe did something stupid got thrown out your case is destroyed haha -ha, kind of thing <laughs> and uh today if i were had the resources to implement the design, and really, that's that's that all. That's all it is. Is you know, it's a design document, high concept document. It would, uh, I would change, I would change the way I designed the system. I think I designed the system so that, in order to get an arrest warrant, you had to have a certain percentage of weighted data. You know, some some relatively low percentage, 25, 30, something like that. And then in order to get the indictment, you had to have maybe 50%. And then in order to get a guilty verdict, you had to have maybe 70%. Um, that's that's sort of what I mean by design. It's just like figuring out the ratio, figuring out balancing, balancing the the way the, the way it works, the way the system works. So now if I were doing it, of course, I would lower all those ratios to reflect how fucked up the criminal justice system is. You know, guilty verdict, 50%. So there's a damn good chance that you're going to convict the wrong person and you're going to send them to the mass incarceration system for years and years and years. And, you know, if I did the, the game right, if I did the design right, I would find some way to make the player feel like shit. And, you know, that, that, goes, that breaks so many game design laws. You know this whole this whole thing of and game design the storytelling i don't follow the rules i'm divergent like i said you know most recently i designed this um wrote more accurately this career for the sims leftist career based on my own miserable career projector trajectory and experience and you know the top of the career ladder is a giant fuck you and it, you know it's a giant it's, you know, you shouldn't do that in game design. I, I know that very, very well, that you shouldn't have your end be a giant fuck you to the player or the reader, you know, whatever, depending on what whatever media you're, medium you're using. But I do that kind of to illustrate the point of you can work your ass off and it'll backfire. It won't be what you want it to be. You'll think... Oh, I'm doing some great activism work. I'm, I'm making the world a better place. And, you know, you'll be a part of a revolution, French revolution, Russian revolution. Pick a revolution, any revolution. It's all the same. 
you know, you, th you think you're doing the right thing, and you end up with the Napoleon. And you go, ah, uh, fuck, what did I screw up? And, the, you know, that's kind of the artistic artistic point I like, the sort of artistic point I like to make. It's not, you know, happy, but I'm a realist. I'm not a cynic, but I am a realist in the George Carlin sense. And I'm okay with that. And I, I need people to be okay with that too. I need people to see what this is. This is me doing the best I can. And, you know, I get involved in my egotism too. Massively, actually. You know, broken body. So I overcompensate by trying to give mind everything I possibly can give mind. And, you know, there's there's problems with that. There's I have issues with anxiety and everything else. And it's, you know, it's, I just do the best I can. And in the place that I live, where anyone divergent is deemed unsightly and unseemly and an eyesore on the community, this very glossy urban magazine sort of community that they're wanting to build for Bay Area retirees and Los Angeles area retirees and really anybody that wants to flee here is just so gross to me because, I mean, you know, it, it wreaks havoc with the intellectuals that are at Chico State and I know quite a few of them. I know there are smart bright, intelligent people at Chico State trying to do their best, and I respect their work. I don't respect the administration of Chico State in the least, but I respect many, many of the professors and people that work there. And I do respect what I perceive to be the odd student that is trying to do better than the education system will allow them. I do respect the person that wants knowledge. You know, the, the systems aren't designed so that we actually get knowledge. The systems aren't designed so you can think critically. You know, that doesn't serve the interest of the owners. All they want is people that are just smart enough to operate the machines and do their job and just dumb enough to consider themselves free and lucky because they can do their job and come home at the end of the day to their meaningless family and their meaningless suburban house with a white picket fence. It's just so empty. It's so devoid. The Jesus of suburbia is a lie. I'm walking down the boulevard of broken dreams here. Join me, won't you? I really mean that in a... I don't know in what sense. I, I just, you know, I'm walking down the boulevard of broken dreams. I've got massive bitterness. I've got burnt out activism. I do what I can. I really do. But my capacity is decreasing over time. I'm definitely middle-aged. And I am trying to make whatever time I have left matter and count. And for me, mattering and counting, you know, I, I have a, a fur baby, my cat Angela, who I love sometimes when she's not too clingy and too in my space. She has her boundaries. I have my boundaries. We don't always get along. We try. But... Uh, you know, I'm not a person that 
wants children, likes children, can tolerate children. I'm glad there are people out there that can because children do need love, as I've said before in previous episodes. I'm a person that wants to pass along my life experience to future generations through through the work. And I desperately need some sort of financial something within the work that I do. And it scares me that I may have to continue to try and modify and mask the work that I do to try and make it seem more commercial than it actually is. Somehow pull Robert Evans. I don't know how. I'm really mystified by that podcast. I, I love his work. I absolutely do love his work. It's very Portland-centric. Not being in Portland, that can kind of be an issue, but it's it's good work. I wish I could achieve that in, in many ways because I want people to see and view and appreciate the fruits of my labor because I labor my ass off. I really, really do. I'm not some lazy bastard that doesn't do anything all day. Yeah, you know, I may have times where I go off into gaming land and seem relatively unproductive, but, you know, then I'll come out with the podcast and it'll be the fruits of, of all the thinking that I was doing while I was doing other things. So I'm going to try and expand the context of the phrase art me as best I can here. If you appreciate the artistic integrity of what I'm doing here, please, please, I need you. I need your support. I need your ears. I need your podcast reviews. I need your donations. I need anything you can spare. If you are a like-minded individual that finds somehow some of my thinking, some of what I say, some of the words I manage to string together in interesting ways, of value, attractive somehow, I don't know. If you're of that mindset, please, please, please reach out to me. N-I-C, N-A-C, at knickknackpot.net. This is probably the world's strangest personal ad, but art me, goddammit. Art me. Are the schools shitting out fools who believe what they read and believe what they see? Don't believe them and don't believe me, I'm a tool. I'm your changes of mood. I'm a drug in your food. Believe what you read and believe what you see on the TV. Don't believe them and don't believe me Take these rules and people are fools, but I need.
you'd like to support my work, please head to knickknackpod.net. That's N-I-C-N-A-C-P-O-D.net. Reviews in the podcast apps help as well. The opening music is Raindrop Rhapsody by Josh Elkenberry. The bridge to the outro is the wonderful Fool's Guide by Anthony Rotuno. You can find Anthony at anthonyrotuno.com. And the closing music is, of course, Catch Me If You Can by Attica Attica. You can find Attica Attica at atticaattica.bandcamp.com. I thank all these wonderful musicians for allowing their creations to be used in this production. I share and know the value of the Creative Commons approach to intellectual creations, which is why the Knickknack Podcast and Athos Redwong series is copyright. 2006 through 2021 by Knickknack Marsh and is released under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial 4.0 International License. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. May you find the safety and support you need to empower you and meet your needs. Bye. brown and the sky is gray just don't feel like getting up today it's nothing to do with the state that i live in it's to do with the state that i'm in girl i gotta warn you about hellhole california girl i gotta warn you about hellhole california Girl, I gotta warn ya about hellhole California. No one wants to live in this town. They end up here, they settle down. Once bright students bound to take over the world. Now partied out, fucks barely worth a damn. Girl, I gotta warn ya about hellhole California. Girl, I gotta warn ya about hellhole California. Girl, I gotta warn ya about hellhole California. There's no amusement here, not a thing to do. No jobs, hopes, or dreams. Pay for the hellhole of tomorrow. True hell is sitting before a small town jury waiting for your sentence to be handed down. Girl, I gotta warn ya about hellhole California. Girl, I gotta warn ya about hellhole California. Girl, I gotta warn ya about hellhole California. Another generation grows up in this hell. And girl, I don't gotta warn ya. It ain't just California. You grew up in this hellhole too. Weren't you in the class? Of 1992, you know I've seen you there. Don't give me that blank stare. Girl, I gotta warn ya about hellhole California. 
Girl, I gotta warn ya about hellhole California. Girl, I've gotta warn ya about hellhole California. Girl, I gotta warn ya about hellhole California. Fuck, girl, I gotta warn ya about hellhole California.